This is the 451. I'm Summer Brennan. I'm Jesse Hirsch. And I'm Jonathan Mann. And we are still a podcast for the resistance. ago i installed a browser extension that was supposed to replace pictures of donald trump with like more palatable viewing material but i forgot about it because i don't usually use chrome and it only works on chrome and so just now i was like oh let me read the washington post and i'm reading this article about all the terrible things trump is doing apparently he's moving decisively to wipe out obama's climate change record which Mm -hmm. in itself wasn't good enough but now we're screwed um and i'm scrolling down and there's this picture of these two kittens sitting on a wall and i was like <laughs> why why are there these kittens this isn't this stuff funny of a story but i'm just said it was like a power plant and i was like why are there kittens at a power plant there aren't it's the chrome extension so <laughs> did, did it does it affect the way that you process the news did it feel a little softer to read that terrible stuff when there's kittens well like i said i did this and then forgot about it and i usually read my news <laughs> on firefox because i prefer that browser for whatever reason um mm. Seems like it was mostly con- more confusing than anything else. Yeah. So just like, it distracted you with confusion. Well, at first, like, like, I first I installed it, and I was delighted. And I'm like, yay, his horrible face is gone. Because I was upset about his face, like, a year ago. I wanted it to be to go away. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, about I, it. I remember, like, not like, being in my Twitter feed and being like, why are you people putting his face into my Twitter feed? I hate you. You really were on the cutting edge of hating his face. I was. I was, like, at the head of the curve, like, on the hating Trump's face curve. Um... Yeah, so the kittens thing was delightful, and then I forgot about it, and just now I just I thought that the picture was like a power plant, like there are these kittens hanging out at the power plant, and I'm like, <laughs> maybe this is like an angle to the story I haven't read yet about the kitten <laughs> infestation, like I don't know. I've been having some conversations with people about climate change recently, and that has been worrying me quite a lot. It's, I think, just back in the news sort of today, but it had been kind of eclipsed for a bit by a lot of the other majorly horrible things that have been happening. Wasn't there no, is this right? Was there no question during any debate uh, during the cycle uh, about climate change? I think there wasn't any. None the at all? Time. Nobody, was, yeah. nobody was asked anything? Nobody asked We'll anything. fact check that, but if, they, yeah. if there wasn't any questioning, it was minimal. Um, I saw your Twitter polls. So oh, about can you, do you know what climate yeah. change actually is and can you explain it to people? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, um, oh, how did I do? <laughs> yeah, how'd it go? The question, I know exactly what I should and should not be doing in my daily life in order to help the problem of climate change. 59% said yes, mm-hmm. 16 said no, and 25% said not sure. Yeah. And that's pretty close, actually, to I can easily and succinctly explain what cl- climate change is and what needs to be done about it. 57, yes, 9, no. One, I don't know, and 33%, which is me. I, I did 33%, which is maybe, maybe, with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, question mark. I, I did those polls because I I don't have – I didn't ask if I could say this. So I was having a conversation with a climate journalist and and a sort of long one, and I was suddenly doubting my own ability right. to do those things and pinpoint what those things are in the second one where I'm like, what are we supposed to do every day? And I kind of went, wait, I'm not really sure I know. I don't think there is a very – like. Maybe it's not totally understood, you know, definitively what exactly we're supposed to be doing. There, there is one thing I think there's 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 a lot of um, uh, agreement on like this one thing that everybody can could do that would help a lot, which is um, eat is is actually go vegetarian. Or oh vegetarian. yeah, totally. Which, um, and 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 I used to be vegan. I'm not anymore. I feel 
supremely guilty about it. Um, but that's, that's like one of the things that like, for that question, I answered yes, because I was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly sure. the thing that I should be doing, which is... Isn't it kind of the thing, too, though, that we can make responsible personal choices in our own lives for, for what we do, but that even if so, so, so many people did that, that it's still not of the scale of the industrial output. Yeah, it's a systemic change right. Right. that has to <laughs> right. be made. Well, this is the, some of the converse, along the lines of the conversations I've been having with people. Um, a friend is starting to work on a climate change-oriented documentary, and... And it's that um, there's systemic changes that have to happen that are that either are or at least feel out of the hands of regular people. Yeah. Like, you know, government decisions like um, emissions caps, um, you know, changing the structure of how we live in the world needs to needs to happen. It needs to happen dramatically and it needs to happen sort of faster than it's possible for it to happen. Right. Um this, this might be one of the reasons why climate change tends to kind of fall out of the grasp of the popular narrative a little bit is because it's it does seem a bit beyond the not necessarily comprehension, but just like responsibility of regular people or they think it is anyway. I don't know what you guys think. I would agree with that. And you're totally right about vegetarianism being a really good idea. Uh, I mean, the, our meat meat consumption and production is is a lot of what climate change <laughs> is the result of but i mean it would take an awful lot of people to not be eating meat like right away yeah for it to register an impact i think i also saw i don't know if this is true i saw something pass by in my feed that um vat grown meat like lab grown meat right. is mm. is quickly is quickly becoming cheaper yep uh to produce than which i'm actually i'm actually in favor of which i'm like is totally what, again tell me what lab grown meat is <laughs> I mean, the basics of it is that it does require one animal to begin with, right? Like that it, it takes it takes a sample from one beast uh, and bring it into a lab and culture it in such a way that you can just produce the meat without producing an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, A, that's a win for the planet, and B, it's a win because there's not actually any kind of pain felt if, if that's your... Um, Right. That's your motive, reason that you're a vegetarian. Is it just meat, or are you making like an oyster goat hybrid? I know it's a very weird thing to say. Do you understand what I'm asking? Like, because, like, you know, I wrote this book about oysters, and people were asking, like, do they feel pain? Are they really animals? Like, what's the deal? Because it's kind of just like a, a meat with some mm-hmm. things in it. Like, they do right. actually have a heart, but it's the side. Anyway, won't get sidetracked on this. But are, is it really just meat, or is it like a weird. It really is just meat, but okay. it's it's not meat like we like though. They haven't they haven't figured out they haven't, they haven't figured out how to make it really awesome or recognizable. I remember the first burgers that came out. They they estimated the price for like one patty was like five hundred thousand oh, dollars, and there you go. and it had it had no color, it had no pigmentation, and it had nothing that bonded the meat together. So it was just like crumbles that would fall apart. Um, so they had to do a bunch of things just to make it even look recognizable for the first people to try it. Um, mm. I don't know, but. but but then there's also the kind of uh, meat replacement where they're just taking plant proteins, but right. they've they've figured out a way to kind of make it so that it seems like the plant, like the burger is bleeding. Uh, this is really creepy. That's weird. I mean, so <laughs> is it, isn't that yeah. like Beyond Meat? Is that what Beyond uh, Meat does? Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger. I tried right. one of those, the Impossible Burger. How it was, was creepy. It? How it was? It was? It was like a burger. I like if I had been served it at a restaurant, I would not have known. Really? Is that yeah. true? Because really I haven't had true. them yet. Wow. The, the Impossible Burger one. They, yeah, that that's really wow. Weird. Bizarre. Wow. This is so sci-fi. That off. I mean, I'm. Yes. <laughs> I was raised as a vegetarian, and then I started eating occasional seafood in my twenties, which is sort of what's continued to be my diet. So I don't miss meat because mm-hmm. it's not part of my personal culture. But 
I know a lot of people would. I don't know. See, that's the problem with these large-scale things is that there has to be... I mean, it's either just a major... I mean, major shifts do happen. People used to smoke all the time. People used to smoke in maternity wards right. and on planes and, you know, like in children's hospitals or whatever. I mean, but... And now you, can, you can't smoke in a bar. So big things do change. I know meat is different than, like, tobacco, but um, I don't know. It's... It's... Because uh, it's not necessarily, like, the eating of a cow that does it. It's the industry, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... I mean, I guess it's sort of obvious, but it's, it's the, the industry of meat. Or the impact of the volume of it. Sure. If 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 all uh, if all cows were raised on the pasture with very like thoughtful, um, sustainable for the land sort of practices and the way that they're fed and the way that they're housed, uh, we we could do it responsibly, but we would have to eat so much less meat. I can just see to... like like absent climate journalists just like shaking their heads at us right now, being like, "You guys." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there was another thing about climate change that I saw um, this week and. Um, I'm even looking at the article again and, and trying to make sense of it. There's a lot of things that I don't quite understand, um, but we'll put the link in the show notes. And it's about um, the idea that because of the warming of the planet and the melting happening in the Arctic, the danger of a massive, instantaneous, massive release of methane. Okay. From where? From, from the permafrost? From something called methane hydrate, according to the U.S. Office of Fossil Energy, it's a cage-like lattice of ice inside of which is trapped molecules of methane, the chief constituent of natural gas. Okay. And so they think that this is actually what caused the Permian mass extinction. Oh. And the idea is that, like, it would be basically a 50 gigaton, they call it a burp, quote-unquote, of methane from thawing Arctic permafrost beneath the ESAS. I don't know what that is. And it's, and they say it's like highly possible at any time. It's like a, it's like a ticking time bomb and it gets. So what would it do? I think it would make climate change worse faster. Okay. Like, um, (laughs) it would be, it would be the, it'd be the equivalent of a thousand gigatons of carbon dioxide and humans have released 1,475 gigatons since 1850. This is why I did the poll, is because I think it, it's hard for people. It's, confu- it's I mean, I'm even reading it, and I don't under- and I don't yeah. totally understand it. It sounds I've very. I've about sc- this stuff, and I, I sometimes go, <laughs> wait, what? Because I'm not the expert. I mean, I report on other people who are experts, right. and I don't. I'm not one. But um, we'll put it in the show show notes for people to look at. I I read this before I went to bed, and they basically the headline is like. You know, this methane burp would be apocalyptic, not just catastrophic, but apocalyptic. But that's the, I wish people were like, is it gonna? Is it a gas that will sweep across the planet, choking and killing things, or is it? It will just heat up, like speed up the heating of the oceans. Like I don't understand what. It, it's a good question. It means. <laughs> I don't, it's not entirely clear. <laughs> right, but like I, we, we wake up and our houses are filled with methane. And exactly. All done. Methane is like and a it, smelly gas. It's like cow farts, right? Poop. Yeah. Um, question: Did you say it was the Office of Fossil Energy? I think I did say that, yeah. I feel like I've never even heard of that. Yes, according to the U.S. Office of Fossil Energy, and, and in this article that we'll link, they, they, they give a they, um, link to it. Hmm. Here it is. I'm looking at it. Energy.gov. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Rick Perry. Yeah, this will probably be gone <laughs> yeah, in, just in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we'll try Let's to talk about it while it's, it's here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, there are people out there doing an amazing job of telling the story of climate change, but I yes. guess my message is like, keep at it. 
Um, oh, it's a small voice in the background. Um, kitty, kitty. Yeah. Um, like, is that, I think that it's not what, there was something recently, like, how many minutes of climate change coverage there was in the news in the past year, and it was, like, three minutes or something. Like, some hmm. somebody fact-checked me with a real amount, but, like, it, it's not enough, and I think that even people that are concerned, maybe not the majority, but at least 40% of them, based on my Twitter poll... Um, no, but I do think, I mean, and I think that a lot of the, the, the people that I hang out with on Twitter tend to be pretty informed, like more, right. maybe more so than the normal person. Cause they're like, why else? What are they, what are you doing on Twitter? Get off Twitter. But you know what I mean? Like they're, <laughs> they're reading stuff and the people don't quite, even when they do care, maybe don't exactly understand how to explain it. Like I found myself able to talk about specific things that I knew were in danger of happening. Like, okay, look, you know, the ocean warming up, even just, a little bit will change, you know, the the formation of fog for the Bay Area in California. And right. so, you know, scientists are already concerned about, like, fog decreases because what that does is that could end up killing off the remaining redwood forests in the Pacific Northwest without right. fog from the ocean because it's, you know, created with the warm air and the cold ocean and yada yada. So I think, I mean, that's something I'm looking at right now. So it's something that comes to mind as, an, as a concrete example. But people generally go, I don't know, like, the ocean will get bigger or... Something yeah. even when they they mean well and don't and want to help, it's not that clear. We did have a small victory, big victory this last week. Yep. Healthcare. Healthcare. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't remember a time in my adult life that that something like that. I mean, I guess I guess that goes <laughs> like every day now. <laughs> without every yeah. day, but but something so big, you know, like um, there was this big push and then. And then it just fell flat on its face. Um, I sort of, I don't know. How are you guys feeling about it? About about the failure of the AHCA. Um, it was a little hard to do a total victory lap because there were so there were so many <laughs> right. things there were so many things that went into it collapsing that were not just people's phone yeah. calls. And I'm not trying to be cynical about the power of that, no. but like um, a lot of people were like, "See, our voices matter. Our voices matter." And it it seemed like it required actually. A much more complicated thing to to tear that whole thing apart but that kind of always i mean it seems that whenever it's it's never just the phone sure, call sure, sure. or like um yeah i mean i think it's but but on the on the optimistic side of it maybe there are issues that the phone calls are that extra straw that will break something mm-hmm. and right. and so i think you know definitely people should keep going keep calling our senators and and congress people are telling us to keep doing that so that's true but you're right there was a lot of other things going on first of all it was a ridiculous bill terrible it was a terrible bill it was ridiculous and and when it comes down to it people want people want health care and the majority of people in america are not rich so it's just i mean it seems the only thing that's tripping people up from universal health care other than very very rich people is this (laughs) like no seriously is this weird confusion about um not wanting to pay for other people's health care, yep. which right. is what insurance is. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it is. And that's, that's what it is. Like, did we talk about this two weeks ago? I feel like we did because it's just in my brain all the time because I just yeah. don't understand. Maybe we did talk about this. Like that's, ins- that's, that's insurance. That's what it is. So, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. We did talk about it. Anyway. Yeah. And it's, and it's this thing too, that I notice that, that it's just hard. It's a hard thing to get across. And I noticed this there during the primary with, with Bernie, like your taxes might have to go up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. In order to pay for something like like universal healthcare, single payer, um, but you will be paying less than what you pay now in healthcare. Like we we spend, my family spends so much money 
on healthcare every year. Mm-hmm. And I would I would gladly pay a little bit more in taxes to pay way less uh, out of our pockets. Right. You know? I mean, and that's just yeah. that's that, that's the calculus. And I think that's really hard to, for people to understand. Yeah, I, like I don't think that people should have to spend more than five percent of their income on right. health care slash health insurance. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think that once you get into five percent of this uber rich, it's like a bit of an issue because they're like, wait a minute, that's millions of dollars. But yeah. um, so that's different. But yeah, I mean, I saw someone say as well that they thought it was better when people say universal health care or free health care instead of. Um, single payer because I don't think people mm-hmm. really understand like who is the single payer right. in single payer right. healthcare the government right it's the government yeah, yeah right. but I don't think everybody yeah. even understands what single payer is but free healthcare I was th- yeah. I've been seeing um, Medicare for all as being oh, the, yes. that too, yeah. yeah the people that are on Medicare really like it for the most part I feel like mm-hmm. so that's something that people either have direct experience with or you know they know somebody who has direct experience with and that makes it so easy to understand and um, I think free healthcare kind of um, uh, has problems of its own mm. because the, you know the contingent who's like nothing is free nothing right? in life is free so yeah, I just well, it's not as, maybe universal yeah it's actually not really free it's just in the taxes but it's sort of like I mean the way roads are free Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like you know, or like the military is yeah. free. The military is not free. It requires an adjustment yeah. of thinking. Well, though. right. Because we have, we haven't you know over the course of our lifetimes, for the most part, it hasn't been the case. So to think of that as something like roads requires a shift in. Or the or maybe the military because it's a preventative apparatus. It's in place to stop other to stop bad things from happening. <laughs> Right. Allegedly, yeah, yeah, with some yeah. other, with some, with some exploratory surgeries going on as well. Oh, unfortunately, God. sorry, but um, um yeah. Uh, so Sanders is. Uh, it looks like he's going to be um, putting forth a bill. Okay. A Medicare for all bill. Uh, here's a tweet from a uh, Jeff Stein from Vox, and he quotes a unnamed uh, Democratic House staffer who says that last Congress it took two years to find 63 House co-sponsors for a single payer bill. Uh, this year they already have 73. So it took two years to find 63 house co-sponsors. Now they have 73. Um, All right. So I mean, I think people are like whatever victory. If there is a victory in the next couple of years, would be which would be amazing. But it, it's been it's been a long time coming. I think it's been. I hope people are realizing that this is sort of yeah. what you have to come to, and it's starting to break through people's skulls that like oh. That sounded very graphic, yeah, but you know yeah, what I mean? Like, get into yeah. people's heads that break, break through yourselves. No, that, you know, we're the only developed nation in the world yeah. that doesn't have it. I mean, Oman has universal health care. <laughs> like, no offense. I didn't mean to, like, cast aspersions against Oman just now by saying it in that tone of voice. But it's yeah. like, come on, America. I mean, it's it's the most universal broken thing about this country. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, I was talking to someone about this that, like, you know, Obama kind of getting into office, like, all right, I'm going to do the healthcare thing. And then got just like, you know, maybe it was naive of him to think that it would be easier than it was. Um, and he ended up making a lot of compromises. But I think it, it makes sense because, like I said, it is the most sort of obvious universal broken thing about America yeah. that people experience in every state. Um, not always in every income bracket, but many, many of them. Because even even pretty wealthy people can get... Um, hey. Yeah, and financially broken really quickly mm-hmm. by major medical problems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, depending on what they are and what's going on with you and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, it, I totally agree. And, and, and I also say, you know, I was a big critic for many years of, of the ACA and the compromises that, that Obama made and the, what I saw as sort of like the weak 
weak spine of many of the Democrats um, not not coming together and 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 doing the mm-hmm. the universal health care thing. But I will say that having now experienced this Congress going through what they did, um, it does give me sort of like a a, a a different perspective and a unique respect now for for what Obama did with the ACA and how difficult that process was and w- what uh, what a sort of talented politician he was and uh, and how that all came together. Um, and it did, and it obviously yeah. did do a lot of good. It saved a lot of people's it got lives. Me insurance. I, I mean, yeah, like I have a heart condition that doesn't impact, like doesn't impede my daily life, but it is a thing that I have. And so I was wow. uninsurable. Wow. I didn't know that summer. Wow. Oh yeah. And I, so I had my, um, I was in grad school and I had some, but that's when I had some things happen and I got diagnosed and then, you know, adjusted like lifestyle, et cetera, to be able to be normal. But, um, for the most part, <laughs> whatever normal is anyway. But um, so I had my grad school insurance and I actually delayed graduation from grad school for a year and went into more debt because it was cheaper for me to be able to stay on the insurance and deal with stuff that way than to pay for otherwise. Because I I mean, this is why I often couldn't take part in this debate, because I spent so many hours on the phone with insurance companies trying to figure out how to get insured. And basically, if I'd wanted to spend like two thousand dollars a month, I could get insurance that didn't cover anything related to like my Ugh. respiratory system or my heart. Like even if I had a cold, I couldn't go to the doctor with a Ugh. cold because it was respiratory. Um, yeah. Like things like that. It was so tech- basically for $2,000 a month, I could I could get insurance that would maybe cover me if I got hit by a bus, but no guarantees. Um, so it made yeah. me very angry <laughs> and very, very of kind of bitter about it. And I couldn't listen to the debates that were going on like in 2012 or or whenever it was, it would come on the radio and I'd have to turn it off because I felt like people were debating my yeah. right to live or not. It was very weird. Um, so anyway, that, we can edit this down so it's not just me with my tiny violin. No, I know. But I mean, those but the, the point about those those, as you call them, tiny violin stories is like, you know, you put yeah. literally uh, tens of millions, if not. Yeah. Like tens of millions of, of those stories together. And suddenly you have one very giant, but maybe you have a, a cello at that point or like a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. even an orchestra. No, I mean, well, that's the thing in it. It just, even on a, I mean, not to get too like California here, but even on like a psychological level, it does something bad to you when your country is like, you're broken and it's, you're not worth yeah. fixing or taking care of. That's the message, yeah. Like, that's the message. And it's like, yeah. And it's a terrible thing to, to feel, you know? Um, so even though there's, like, all these flaws in, you know, the Affordable Care Act and it's maybe not great or not as cheap as it could be or all this stuff, it's like people like me and people with much worse problems right. than me are able to yeah. be insured. Uh, you know, the one fear that so. I have going forward is that the AHCA failed uh, not only because it was a bad bill and not only because of um, all of our calls, which which were great, but also because it just wasn't cruel enough. It didn't it didn't go far enough <laughs> in terms of denying people coverage. And and that and yeah, that totally. this, you know, the, the Freedom Caucus or whoever. And what is the Freedom Caucus? Sorry, just they are like the Freedom Caucus is like a group of far, far, far right wing, small government, big business so we're gonna put we're gonna put air quotes around freedom. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Freedom no, caucus. It's freedom caucus in in the nineteen eighty four sense, right? In the Mark Meadows runs it from uh, North Carolina. He's the 
So, so the idea that they, you know, that they wanted less coverage and and uh, that that the bill didn't go far enough for them in terms of like in terms of taking coverage away from people and giving more tax cuts to the to the wealthy and um, compensating. I don't know, compensating uh, insurance companies even higher. Um, that when that if they do try to come back with another bill, it will be worse, and the Freedom Caucus will be on board, and that could. But everything that I have read about that, about whether if the Freedom Caucus does try to come up with something that's even more draconian and, and awful, is that they just will lose a lot right. of those moderates. That's the hope, I guess. Did, did you read the the story, um, a bunch of Trump voters, I think it was in the Globe and Mail, maybe, um, where a reporter went to an Ohio town that was just very overwhelmingly voted Trump and talked to people now, and were like, so uh, the president's wiretapping accusations, what do you guys think of that? And pretty much found that people knew that they were lies, but didn't care. Like it was really, it was really hard to read that. Like all of these Trump voters were like, "Yeah, I mean, he's just stirring it up. He says whatever he wants, but that's really getting under the skin of these like long-term bureaucrats in Washington. So that's good. So ultimately, it's like even if you have people who are saying he's a liar, <laughs> yeah, they. Well, I feel like that's just a yeah, that's crazy. That that's I get. I think the for me the sad thing about that is just a continuation. You would you would hope that once he became president, people would want him to be more truthful but this is a con- not a lie yeah this yeah. is a no. continuation of, of the uh, from the election right like yeah i mean he was horrible and dishonest through for the election they sent him there to stir shit up, shit up and that's what he's doing they're happy about it i guess it's just depressing because it's like like yeah i mean he he was horrible and dishonest and ridiculous throughout the entire campaign and people decided to vote for him knowing that but i guess one would hope that maybe they just weren't paying attention. Like, I wanted to give some people the benefit of the doubt of, like, oh, they just always vote Republican and they just turned off the news because they hate it and they just voted red like they always do. And maybe there's people like that, but it seems that there have been people that have been conditioned to celebrate dishonesty and treachery. I'm really frightened by this spreading thing in America that just sees the other political party as the enemy and therefore everything that they do is to be opposed. Yeah, that's like the definition of our of our it's kind yeah. of the whole thing. <laughs> but it's re- I mean it's really bad. <laughs> it's I sound like so stupid, but it's it's just it's very alarming. Um, because I mean that feeds into the whole thing. Like you're just saying, Jesse, about you know asking people what do you think if they're he lied, and it's like, well, great, good, he should lie to those bastards. Like I'm glad he's one of our liars, right? And yeah. and um or just as long as someone else wants something done, it has to be bad and. I mean, I haven't been doing this as much lately because I've been busy with work, but I think that might be part of why I like try to sift through like some of those things that people who are Republicans are doing that are positive because they do do things that are positive sometimes, even if it's like, you know, it's helping homeless pets or like whatever it is. I Maybe it seems like extreme, but I just, I, I want to move, I, you know, there are, I think there are truly deeply 100% bad people in government but i think that um i don't know anything to lessen the my they're my enemy and therefore automatically everything about them is bad kind of sentiment would be good um isn't a big part of that gerrymandering as seats become sort of unassailable uh they tend to they tend to polarize further and further and i could be wrong about that but that that's my i don't know that's actually. my impression of that is that like at 
part one of the one of the more insidious things about gerrymandering is like if a Republican can always know that they're going to win, that seat is going to get further and further to the right, and the and on the other side, the seats are going to get further and further to the left. And people are going to be unwilling, you know, that's when you get people unwilling to compromise and unwilling to to make deals. You know, Obama was was pretty remarkable in that way, I think. Much to my chagrin most of the time, but... To your chagrin? Were you not an Obama fan? I, I was, but I mean, there were times when he... Com- there were times when he was compromising and it felt as though, to me... Oh, I see. Yeah, the politicking, you were like, why are you doing that? Exactly. In a functional Congress, he would have been... That would have been... Perfect, you know that that's exactly what you want. I think in a president is someone who can work with both sides. And but but when when uh, when you have one side like the Republicans who are you know their basic tenant is like less government and they and they will just do whatever they can to sort of destroy the government. Ted Cruz shutting down the government constantly and like that's what they want. They the, you know the the less government works for people, the better it is for them because that then they can say oh I that proves it. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say less government unless it's like the multi-trillion dollar yeah. military that they want to have, like, protecting them. Exactly. That's, that's, I don't know. If that's not big government, I don't know what it is. But. Do we want to talk about, do we want to, like, touch on the Russia stuff? Do you? Do either of you have, because I don't really have any smart to say about it. I don't have any expert knowledge to share. I mean, now that, like, you know, it's in, it's in the news, people are investigating it. I don't know. It seems horrible. I hope that they get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they've done something bad, yeah. because that's how that works, or it should work that way. A lot of the attention in the, the news media has been about uh, whether there's going to be an objective review. Uh, how confident do you guys feel that there's any way that, that this will be investigated thoroughly? If anyone in the Trump administration is involved, involved in the investigation, then no, there cannot be. And I, I, so, sort, of, I still yeah. sort of continue to think right. that until, until 2018... Until the and if the Congress is able to switch, which is a big if, but if it did, I just don't see. I just don't see like a anything legit happening under under this Congress. Like it just doesn't seem possible. Yeah, I did read a, an article yesterday that said that the the House investigation seems like that's just well beyond repair. Um, mm, the, poor Congressman Swalwell's bill. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. But but on the Senate side, it looks like they have they have kind of a parallel investigative committee going on that's uh, more functional. It's it's co chaired by Richard Burr and a Democrat that he's friends with and and they just keep talking about how they have partisan cooperation, bipartisan cooperation and they're doing a much better job in the house. Eh. And and <laughs> the FBI, yeah. I mean as we learned last week, right? Like the FBI, yeah. we we we've got like firm confirmation, right, that um an investigation. That investigation is happening whether yeah. and the FBI is investigating whether members of Trump's campaign colluded with Russia. Like that to, to influence, oh, they did. <coughs> so, yeah. you, you know, and so, so that Spoiler. regardless, like that is happening in the FBI. So, I, you know, yeah. I sort of strangely, I don't know. Can we trust Comey? I no, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, yeah. I, I mean, but I don't know. It, um, I, I mean, a bunch of people were sending me stuff that they were like, Flynn has flipped on Trump with the FBI, and I was yeah, like. Yeah. I don't know. Has he? Okay. I yeah. don't know. I mean, people yeah. are like, well, there's no way that... Yeah. And then they said that the Huffington Post would get... I'm like, okay. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, there's well, that guy. What's yeah. what's this guy's name? Seth Abramson, who's who's oh, been... he does good, pretty good stuff. I mean, he's been he's yeah. been yeah. on fire on Twitter lately with yeah. these... And, I, you know, I just don't know... I don't know how... How... Uh, how... Um, 
I don't know, real to take those. Don't I don't know. know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, it's I, all that stuff in process. So it's kind of like there's, um, what can you really say? It, right. It's it's there. I mean, it seems like what he's doing is basically he's taking a lot of disparate sources and sort of trying to put the pieces together. It's like either he's right or he's wrong, but but there there are mul- multiple ways to, I guess to put together this puzzle. So yeah, um, I mean, one thing that I I don't know if I want to call it a positive thing, but one sort of possibly interesting development from all this is that since Russia is in the news so much, um, it seems like stories about what's going on with the Kremlin in Russia and the protests and Putin are maybe getting more prominent media oh, yeah. play right. than they would normally because we're the country's so like Russia, Russia, Russia. Right. Um, and so I wonder if that will in turn have an effect on people's view of who Vladimir Putin is. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because there was people were sort of like, yeah, well, why totally. don't why don't we just be friends with him? Like they don't really understand the nuances yeah. there. I mean, it would be great. I, I mean, I think that like you know, a positive diplomatic relationship between the U.S. and Russia, even under Putin, would be a great idea. But it has to happen on on terms that are acceptable, like to the international community in terms of humanitarian issues mm-hmm. and international law abidance and and all of that. So, right, and as long as Putin is not abiding by that stuff. Uh, that's not that shouldn't happen, and yeah. what and and we're seeing that more and more thanks to thanks to the the increased interest in yeah, and so I th- I wonder if that will shift at all. The more like it, those stories are leading more, or at least they're I think getting more play, and so people will say, oh, hmm, okay, actually, yeah. why are why are there eight riot police carrying away like a woman in like a business outfit? Like right. what's, what's what's that happening? what's that about? Yeah. Um, what happened, as Jesse would say. <laughs> it was inter- it was interesting the the State Department's tweet though yesterday. Yes, that was interesting. Right? It followed up by by Spicer kind of verifying that that was the administration's view. I guess we should say what that tweet was. They, oh uh, yes, don't you just read the, everything in the tweet? Like, uh, the the tweet was along the lines of uh, that what Russia had done with the dissidents was not democratic and not the way that we not the way that the United States government supports uh, protesters patriotic descent that would be that would be nice if that were true <laughs> yeah yeah totally. it would be that would be good well it's interesting you know i i have to go to russia for work whoa really um, yeah and so um i don't know maybe people will get like a podcast where i'm in russia like in whoa like, well i don't know if that's even possible logistically or whether i will be able to go i would love that that would be, that so be fun great. i have to go to st yeah. petersburg or find somebody willing to do a ton of research for me in St. Petersburg. So one of those two things is going to be happening in the next couple months. Do you, do you kind of want to go? There? I absolutely want to go. I love to go. I was I was trying to so go cool. in the summer. I was in France and I was, this is not interesting, but I, I was going, started the process of like getting a visa and figuring out mm-hmm. what kind of visa to get and stuff. So I was like in right. the, the, the Russian consulate in Paris and stuff. And it was an interesting, that in itself was an interesting experience. Hmm. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> see about That's, it'd be, it would be okay. great if we could do a podcast episode where you are our, our roving yeah exactly oh i'll God. be like right i mean i would i i will make it clear on this podcast and every other thing that trip is is 100 not political i'm doing an, a book about an artist and there's materials in st petersburg because it's a wonderful cultural capital <laughs> that mm-hmm. i need to go and look at in their national library and so that's what that is about and it is not in all at all related to political reporting of any kind so Full stop. <laughs> for all the people who grant visas who are listening to our podcast. Yeah, for yeah, all those, please. for all those, like, <laughs> please, it's a book. It makes it makes your country look cool. Let me let me come and visit. Anyway, you have to go. You have uh, things to do. We have. To I go. do. I have to go get a filling replaced. 
That's that's mm. what I'm doing. Resist. Hashtag resist. <laughs> Hashtag resist. Cavities. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So all right. Well, we're we're keeping on and um and we'll see everybody next week, I guess. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's my that's, that's right. my inspiring thing is see you next week. So <laughs> see, that was really good. We'll see you next, <laughs> week. <laughs> next week. Okay. Peace. All right. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. there podcast listeners it's summer again so to fact check our conversation uh, that is correct that during the presidential and vice presidential debates there were no questions related to climate change hillary clinton did introduce the topic of climate change in a few of her answers to other questions on other topics but but there were no uh, questions from moderators or audience members uh, about climate change in those debates so we're going to include some links about that and some other climate change related issues from this week's discussion in our show notes which you can find on our website the451.com that's the451.com all written out and there you can also find our email address and our phone number you can call us and leave us a voicemail and uh, let us know uh, how you've been doing and what you're doing to resist. And as always, a big, big thanks to all of our patrons on Patreon. Uh, you make this podcast possible. So thank you so much uh, for contributing what you do and what you can. And we really appreciate it. And if anyone who isn't doing that yet and would like to, you can also find um, that information on the website as well. Uh, so thanks again. Uh, this has been The 451, a podcast for the resistance. Whatever the hell he wants Give him an alibi Give him a ghost that haunts Whatever it is he needs To talk, talk, talk Give Mike Flynn Whatever the hell he wants Give Mike Flynn Whatever the hell he asks If he likes whiskey Give him a thousand casks Give him whatever he needs to put Trump on blast, blast. Give Mike Flynn whatever the hell he wants. Give Mike Flynn whatever he desires. Just make sure you write down who and how conspired. Whatever the hell he needs to build a case higher, higher. Give Mike Flynn whatever he desires. Give Mike Flynn whatever it is he lacks. If he's got old tapes, whip out the Betamax. Give him whatever he needs to tell facts, facts, facts. Give Mike Flynn whatever it is he lacks. Give Mike Flynn whatever it is he craves. Give him a speed trade. Give him a road that's paved. Whatever it is he needs to put him away, way. Give Mike Flynn whatever it is he craves. Give Mike Flynn whatever it is he wants. Give him an alibi. Give him a ghost that haunts. Whatever it is he needs to talk, talk, talk. Give Mike Flynn whatever. The hell?